2004, uh, I went on the Atkins diet. So I had high blood pressure. I was taking medication for it. High cholesterol, I was taking medication for it. And uh, I had wheezing happening. So I was taking this, uh, this stuff you suck up into your lungs. So I was on three prescription medications. I was well over 400 pounds, highly functioning. Uh, and, and I didn't know I was 400 till I stepped on the scale that day. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we had the privilege of getting to talk to none other than, drumroll please, Mr. Jimmy Moore. And if you do not know who Jimmy Moore is, one, I don't know how, but two, Jimmy is a huge name in the space of functional medicine. This guy has interviewed more people than you can even count. He has written multiple books and is working on another one, so we're going to get him back on once that is finished up. And he's been in this space almost as long as I've been alive. <laughs> so he's done some pretty incredible things. I actually want to just jump right into his bio and then get into the episode. I don't need to waste any time. Many of you guys already know who this guy is. I hope hope in this episode that we bring out questions or perspectives from him that you guys might not have ever heard before, even though he talks all the time. That was my main goal. And so Jimmy and I approach this in the same way that we approach interviews with other people. Because again, he interviews way more than myself. We did it in such a way that it is intuitive. We let it flow naturally. And I think you're really going to enjoy the way that it took. It's something where we both get pretty vulnerable. Uh, Jimmy brought He's just such a humble guy. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And it's someone that you can really relate to, even if it's not for his specific symptoms. You can really relate to him just with his courage and the things that he's been through in his health journey. Many of us have experienced something similar, except we don't always have the courage to talk about it publicly or share our stories while we're in the trenches, while we're going through the health experiment, uh, experiments. And Jimmy had the courage to do all that and still has the courage to do it. So he is an internationally best-selling author, podcaster, and inspiring speaker who is a highly sought-after lecturer around the world. He catapulted onto the health scene in 2004 after a phenomenal 180-pound weight loss enabled him to come off prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and respiratory problems. He is the energetic personality behind the longest-running and top-ranked health podcast, The Livin' La Vida Low Carb Show, as well as Real Talk with Jimmy Moore and The One Step Deeper podcast with Brittany Davis. He has interviewed well over 1,700 of the world's top health experts and has dedicated his life to helping people get the best information possible about nutrition and lifestyle so they can make the right decisions for their health. He has authored or co-authored nine books, including Keto Clarity, The Ketogenic Cookbook, The Complete Guide to Fasting, and Cholesterol Clarity, among others. You can learn more about Jimmy and his work at www.llvlc.com. That's llvlc.com, like living la vida low carb. Wow. Again, really cool guy. He's done a lot. I love being able to talk to someone who is in the space, not only of health, but in the space of podcasting and interviewing because we just had such a high energy talk. I felt like we could have went for hours and quite literally we could have. And again, that's why we're going to get him back on again. So in addition to just shouting out his new book when it comes out, we will be asking him any questions that the audience wants us to talk about. So please feel free to reach out and how you can do that is by reaching out on Podbean. So search for the Health Detective Podcast on Podbean and then leave a comment there and I will make sure to ask that question when we get Jimmy back on. Again, this is a guy who has interviewed over 1,700 of the world's top health experts. He knows a lot or he's got the resources to know a lot. So ask the questions that you would like to have answered. Now, with that said, I wanted to talk about something really quick, and that is that someone had brought up, hey, we love an 
uh, episode on osteoporosis. And just know I am on that for you. We will have a guest pretty soon who will talk about this. Probably should be out within the next month. Of course, we have people backlogged and stuff, so that's why that's the case. But I just wanted you to know that we see you, we hear you, and we always are looking to uh, give the audience exactly what they're asking for. So how can you do that? You know what to do. Comment on our pod bean, the Health Detective Podcast over there. I will not take up any more of your time. I know that you guys want to hear Jimmy. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, Jimmy, welcome to the Health Detective Podcast, my friend. How are you? Hey, what's up, my brother? So this is exciting, guys. We got two big personalities in the house today. Jimmy's been doing this stuff for a long time. Uh, Radio broadcaster formerly, right? You don't do that currently? Okay, cool, cool. So it's just, it's awesome to talk to someone who has that same type of thing. We met for the first time at uh, the Biohacking Congress in October in Miami, and there's just a presence. You know, the guy comes over and his voice and his energy, you're like, whoa, okay, what do you do? And then, of course, you find out that, yeah, I mean, he does this stuff for a living, and this is something he's really involved in. And Jimmy, I I told you off air, one of the main reasons I'm so excited to have you on is because you have the guts to do something that most people don't do. You share your health journey along the way and not just the highlights afterwards, which uh, full transparency to the audience, I didn't have the guts to do. I always wanted to share my acne transformation along the way. I'm like, I I could encourage people. I could inspire them. I didn't have the guts. So I respect anyone that's tried a bunch of things and, and wants to share that. Thank you. Can I tell you why I do that? I feel like we live in such a plastic, banana, fake ass society today. Like it's just, it's gross to me all the perfectionism, especially in the health community, um, not so much in the biohacking community. They're pretty good at this, but the general like diet and health, which is where I've been. I've written a few books about diet, keto clarity, complete guide to fasting and different ones. But wait, like, Jimmy, I'm so sorry. This is a good thing. I would, I'd never cut off guests. I've read your damn book before keto clarity. And I didn't even know that. I read that years ago. <laughs> oh my God, that, that's awesome. Wow. All right. I'd never connected those names. So I'm yes, sorry, but that it, was J- J- Jimmy Moore right there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was years ago. I just did it. That's awesome. Yes. Right. It is funny. People will often write me and say, have you heard of this book, Keto Clarity? I think it might help you understand keto better. I'm like, I'll take another advisement. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, like I feel like we are in such a weird place societally now where real is odd. Like I feel like most people expect real when they're online. Unfortunately, what they get 99% of the time is a lot of kind of like, well, this is the best parts of my day and the best parts of my work. And oh, look at my job, so perfect. And what that leaves people feeling like, Evan, is, well, dang, I'm not. So what's wrong with me? So here comes Jimmy Moore saying, you know what? I deal with the same issues you have. I still have weight on the body. I still struggle with things. And then people finally go, ah, I can relate to that. That's real. That's me. And a lot of my followers, which I've been out there almost two decades now, a lot of my followers are just, that's why I follow you because you're not perfect because you do, in your case, deal with acne. And I want to hear, what are you doing? Like currently I'm in the midst of a 365 day ice bath challenge in 2022. I'm just over two months now. And people have been watching them every day, and they're just like, you crazy at the beginning. And now they're like, hmm, I want to try that. Let's see what that does for me. And that's literally all any influencer should do is relate to people where they are. Don't don't act like you're above them. Your peers, you need to just communicate it in that way. And then show them by example what you're doing to inspire them to do things themselves. That's amazing. And yeah, the, the book thing, I just, I literally, Jimmy, what I would have done, this is several years old, at least, right? That book has to be. Uh, tw- 2014 is when the book came out. I, okay. I got the book contract in 2012. So yeah, 10 years ago. Got it. Because I remember I didn't even, that was the first keto book I ever read. It must have, I was in California. That must have been it, 2017. I don't even think I was in FDN yet. <laughs> it was the only one uh, uh, that had keto in the title when it, when it came out. My book was the very first book that had the word keto in the title. Okay. There had been others that had low carb, obviously. And of course, Atkins, and he talked about ketogenic, but nobody had done K-E-T-O. We branded that with that book. 
So cool. All right. Yeah. And I remember the purple cover. I was like, all right, here we go. So full circle, man. That's, that's awesome. And I want to go back for just a second because yeah, you have been doing this for, for two damn decades. It's amazing. Um, I, I always actually start with the same question. I think it's very relevant today. And that is like, when did your health symptoms start? What did they look like? And I mean, because obviously you've been in it for a while. So like what started all of this? Um, before I was even born, my mom was over 300 pounds when she had me in utero. And look, people don't go back that far. They always think about, well, what have I done in my life to overeat, to under-exercise, to not take care of myself? And, and I think, no, like sometimes it's not you guys. Sometimes it's, it's parental. And I even recently read a study um, that showed generationally, like things get passed down. So if in utero... You've got a mom that's 300 plus pounds dealing with major insulin resistance, probably has gestational diabetes. Um, and then if she has to have a C-section, that wasn't the case in my mom, but some people do. You don't get the vaginal birth. That impacts your gut health. For me, I got passed along a lot of genes and a lot of like predisposed predisposal for insulin resistance. So I was kind of already behind the eight ball coming out of the womb. Now, I didn't know that growing up. Growing up, I was just like, I'm just a kid. I'm going to eat junk food. That's what we all did. But for for a lot of people, this is the reality. If you struggle today, if you have issues with weight and by extension of that health, I would say it's the health first and then the weight's just a byproduct of that, then I feel like you need to give yourself a lot of grace uh, because I feel like we beat ourselves up. Well, if I could just eat better, if I could just exercise more, if I, if I, if I, when it could be you're doing all those things perfectly and still the needle's not moving, which is where the biohacking and different things that you can do comes into play. Optimize your sleep, minimize your stress, uh, put like hormetic stressors on your body like the ice baths, like a sauna, uh, do meditation. All these things, they matter. And some, some people, they matter more. This is another thing. People are like, well, so-and-so, they went on that ketogenic diet and they lost 50 pounds. I'm eating it and I'm not losing anything or I'm not losing very much. And so they kind of try to be this equivalency thing. I'm like, no, you are a unique snowflake with your background, not just of your life, but of your mom's life and, and the generations before you. Plus, if you had trauma, I mean, there's so many moving parts to this discussion that if you don't address all of them and show grace and love and compassion to people in the process, then you're going to think it's just, oh, they just, they're just slobs. They're just overeaters. They can't control themselves. I, I love that you're bringing this to light because again, I, I know that we've had conceptually similar problems in the terms of like, I'm doing everything right and the skin stuff was just so hard. i mean i started breaking out at nine years old right this is before the kids like you couldn't even really write it off to the puberty stuff like you know my dermatologist kind of knew it was weird it didn't really make sense because yeah people start at that time they were getting it like 12 13 14 years old now we're seeing it uh much earlier there's many problems going on um and not that i'm that old but it's still things are changing rapidly with how we're using the screens and the food quality and those yes. types of things. But I, I get what it is like to look around you and say, you know what, what the hell I'm doing everything right. Better than 99% yes. of the people around me. And I always use the reference, not that I wanted to do this, but it's just kind of, it was ridiculous to me how I was sitting there at 21 years old. I'm eating organic. I, because I didn't know certain things at the time. I was just organic to me was great eating organic. I'm trying to get my sleep right. I'm exercising. I never drank. If I had one glass of alcohol, I'd have a migraine the next day. And then I'd go watch my 220 pound jacked up friend, like huge dude in the gym, drink half a handle of liquor, four hours of sleep and go to work the next day. And he could still do all of this and then play basketball at night or whatever. I was like, how we are so far away habit wise it's not like i'm 10 percent better i'm living a dramatically different life he gets to go do all this stuff and i'm sitting here with a face full of acne still feeling absolutely terrible about myself um and it's not that we, we we're not putting the blame somewhere else but you use the right word it's grace give yourself a break man it, it, there are certain things that just are not necessarily fair and some things are a little bit out of our control and that's okay to recognize and look it's not fair and and look, I've got I've paid a heavy toll online for two decades 
being a bigger guy than people would expect from a health guru. I've never pretended to be a health guru, but that's what people think uh, and say about me. Well, you've written books, so you must think you know it all about health. No, I've written books because I've gained knowledge through my process of trying to <laughs> trying to learn more about how this body works. Like that, it's almost like I've gotten like ten PhDs in in health to learn how to improve my health, and along the way. I can disseminate that information to other people where it might be helpful, even if it hasn't helped me. And so this is where a lot of people are very myopic in their thinking. Well, it's not worked for you. So therefore, whatever you're spewing out of your mouth must be crap. And I'm like, that makes no sense at all. Information is information. And if it's solid information and if it comes out of my mouth, it is. And I've studied it and I looked at research papers, then by golly, it could help somebody. Just because it didn't work for me doesn't mean it won't work for everyone. Well, and that's the honest to God truth. And it's like the other thing I realized, too, is we have to think about, especially if, like, let's say it was a client perspective, per se. I'm not saying that you're doing that. I'm just saying if it was a client. I had to remember that at one point, again, I mean, severe cystic acne, probably one of the worst cases you've seen, at least on the face. It wasn't, thankfully, on the whole body. But let's say I had 10 pimples right now, 10 cysts. That's still such a dramatic change from where I was at. Don't you think there's someone out there that would love to learn from someone like me that's actually made that change? Wow, I can relate to them. Look at where they were at and where they're at now. That would probably make sense. (laughs) And I look at where I'm at and I look at a lot of my old classmates from high school, uh, 50 years old now, and they're dealing with type 2 diabetes. They're dealing with hypertension. They're dealing with potential heart disease. They're taking cholesterol-lowering medications, blood pressure-lowering medications, all these things. I don't take any medications. I have a full brain that works like wildfire. (laughs) You and I, uh, we were having a little uh, Instagram live at the biohacking Congress. And it was just like, my brain was going 90 to nothing talking to all these people. And it's like, I don't, I don't discount that. This is just as much a part of health as my belly is. Okay. My belly, you can see, but my brain You can also see, and I think we need to focus on the areas of health that show themselves. And that's one, mood stabilization. That's another, like energy coming out the wazoo. Like I have great circadian rhythm. I go to sleep at a reasonable hour and I get up, I'm refreshed. I have uh, Ura Ring where I track my sleep and the quality of the sleep. It's damn good. And it's like, at the end of the day, what is health? Health is not your state of weight. Health is your state of life, and how are you living your life, and is it a quality of life? Does the weight on the body cause a little bit of quality of life issues? Yeah, I can't go run. I I don't want to run. I'll lift something heavy, but I don't want to run. (laughs) But I can run mental circles around a lot of people. Well, and that's what I was talking about. That's a good way to say what I was referencing in the beginning when like you came over and it's like, yes, there's an energy and presence just from your experience talking to people uh, throughout the last two decades. I mean, that's a skill, but there's certain things that you just can't fake. And it's like you said, it's like the progress that we have made as individuals. I mean, yeah, my brain fires like when I was a kid and I could like read these books super fast and get all the information. My energy's good. My stamina's good. I can actually make progress in the gym. I used to get, I'd get sick every single time I worked out for more than a month. And I mean, simple stuff, three days a week routine. I'd get the cold, I'd get a flu or whatever. I didn't realize how much extra stress it was adding to my body. And at that time, my body just couldn't afford any extra. Um, So to be clear, to go back to actually this original question, because I even got lost in it. When you mentioned your mom being overweight, especially while giving birth to you, are you, is it fair to say that the main symptom that's always been bothering you is a weight thing or were there other health things going on that um, kind of led you into this world of biohacking and stuff? Major health, no. I uh, Let me back up. 2004, uh, I went on the Atkins diet. So I had high blood pressure. I was taking medication for it high cholesterol, was taking medication for it, and uh, I had wheezing happening. So I was taking this uh, this stuff you suck up into your lungs. So I was on three prescription medications. I was well over 400 pounds, highly functioning. Uh, and, and I didn't know I was 400 till I stepped on a scale that day. Actually, it turned out I tried to go to four different places to weigh myself because my bathroom one wouldn't, uh, wouldn't weigh me. And so I ended up going to Gold's Gym. I was like, please tell me you have a scale that goes 
high. I didn't even want to like define what that meant. And they're like, oh yeah, it goes to 500 pounds. I'm like, 500 pounds, I'm nowhere near that. Okay. So I get back there and I'm moving, the, it's the kind you move the little weight over and I start at 300 and I'm moving it, moving it, moving it, move, and I'm like, Ugh, what? So then I move it over to the four and go back down at the bottom and move it, move it, move it, move it. And it was 410 pounds. Now that was a wake up call because I had no idea it had gotten to that point. And it, it was just one of those things that it shook me awake, but it wasn't like I didn't know I was really big. It wasn't like I didn't realize I had an issue I needed to deal with. That Identifying the problem has never been the issue. And I guarantee you, People that are bigger know they're bigger and know they need to do something. The disconnect between this is here's the problem, here's the solution, but they don't see the solution. They're not hearing about the solution. They're not knowing about biohacking. They're not knowing about anything outside of a low-fat, high-carb diet. They're just hearing all these messages that are bogarting them from hearing the real messages. And it wasn't until I started doing my own research that I found the Atkins diet and then from there, just started like getting curious about anything regarding health. And that's how I ended up in biohacking. My first biohack, by the way, Evan, was uh, foraying into fasting. Um, and I remember when I first heard fasting, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're going to starve yourself. What? That just sounds miserable. And I was like, I would never go on a fast. And then one day I wrote a book about it so <laughs> because I realized it was a missing piece. Um, and not just intermittent fasting, some longer fasts. I've done three 21-day fasts. I did an 18-day one last year. I did another six-plus day one this year. I love fasting because it's just a normal part of my routine now. Never would have even tried it if my brain wasn't in the place of, this is good, I need to try it. And that's the way I come across biohacking. If it sounds like it's something that could provide good, like the ice baths I'm currently doing, um, then I'm going to try it and I'm going to push the limits and I want my body to see what effect that will have. More than anything, by the way, the ice baths, it's not the physical effects. Yes, that's going to kick in. It's going to convert the white fat into brown fat and all the things that it does. But more than anything, it's improved my sleep. It's improved my mood. And I, I feel unbreakable right now. Like, please tell me I can't do something because I feel invincible because I do these hard things. Hey guys, it's Detective Ev here, just interrupting for a quick second. Since we've transitioned to talking more about the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition course on this podcast, we've had many people reaching out and asking questions. So I talked to the team and we decided we would let people try the entire first module of the course completely for free. We believe in what we do, but also know that it's not for everyone. That's definitely for sure. Because of this, you can now try the first module of the course without spending a penny by going to www.fdntraining.com slash try FDN. That's fdntraining.com slash try FDN to give the course a try. No credit cards required, nothing like that. We know what we do works, so to us, it's just a matter of getting it in front of the right people. If you think that could be you, head to fdntraining.com slash try fdn. Okay, now back to our interview with Jimmy Moore. Well, I was about to say, yeah, with the ice bath challenge that Jimmy's doing too, listen, guys, there's health benefits in this study showing around 50 to 55 degrees is beneficial. I mean, you're going in 32, 33 degree water when I'm seeing these videos. Um, you're, Five minutes. Yeah, true ice bath. Um, and every single day, it's kind of amazing. And this is what's, I, I hope people really understand this. And I think actually a lot more people will relate to this than we can even imagine. This is a guy you're doing more than most people would ever do. Even in the biohacking space, dude, I do cold plunges. I ain't doing 32 degrees, five minutes a day for 60 days straight. I've never even done 60 total uh, at that temperature. You know what I mean? So there's something to be said for, I, I really wish people could just see this behind the scenes for people like myself. And quite frankly, considering how long you've been in this, I'd say you have an even worse version, un unfortunately, of what I've had with just trying all these different things. And it's just not working. It's just not happening in the way that I want it to, or yeah. it worked so perfectly for someone else, but it only did 10% for me. This is the behind the scenes stuff, guys. These people are dedicated to this. Jimmy's living the life. Um, probably not. 90% more disciplined than you. So it, it's just, we can't, we need to get to a higher level of consciousness where we're not judging yeah. books by their cover. I mean, it's not so simple for everyone. And, and being online is brutal. Guys, you don't 
the half of it. I literally, and I've been in this space for 18 years, and I would say the last 15 or 16 years, because I got on YouTube 16 years ago, started my podcast uh, right about that same time, just after that. And man, dude, I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe this just says kick me on it or something when people see my face, but there's some ugly people. And in fact, just a week ago, I did an interview with a, a fellow uh, person in the carnivore community. And in her comments on YouTube, there was like lots of people that said, oh, I love this. It, you know, really touched my heart, changed me. And then you've got others that go, I won't even listen because it's obvious this guy is sneaking donuts in his diet. I'm just like, wow, like to be that jaded to totally close your mind off just because of the packaging of a message. Like I, I challenge someone to know more than I do that thinks they they can show me how things are done. I'm just like. I don't know everything, but I sure do know a hell of a lot. And to just dismiss because the packaging doesn't look perfect, I, I think that's a bad trend to start. And Jimmy, it's not that I want to play a victim card here for myself, but and the, well, no, it's not that. It's just acknowledging something like we're doing this entire podcast. You know what's really a shame? And I'm not calling anyone out. How many people do you know that look really pretty or really good, but they have Hashimoto's or another autoimmune yes. disease, and they're coaching people all the time, but they look beautiful. For people with acne yes. or people that are overweight, our, we don't get to hide our issues. It's very evident that something's going wrong in our body. So, oh yeah. my God, they must not know anything. And yet yeah, you have people with autoimmune, multiple autoimmune diagnoses that have practices of 30 plus people because they look great. And people think, oh, well, they must know something then. It's just, wow, wow. <laughs> Can I encourage people in your audience who have extra weight and it's just being stubborn? Can, I, I want to talk to them please, directly please. just for a moment. Because I learned this and it was such a game changer mentally for Jimmy Moore. So I know it's going to help you guys. So if you are able to hold fat on the body, guess what? That's your body protecting you from harm. I want you to hear me loud and clear. I know you. You hate it because it's stigmatized in our society. You just need to lose weight, da, 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 da. But I can say I would rather have weight on the body and no disease, no signs of any kind of harm happening to me than to, as you were just saying, look beautiful on the outside, thin on the outside, supposedly normal and, quote, healthy on the outside. But on the inside, you have three autoimmune conditions, Lyme disease, you go down the list. And those people are going to die early. And I remember I did a book signing when I first uh, started doing all this. I wrote my first book in 2005 and this guy brought me in. He had a low carb store in Wisconsin and the guy that owned it, nice guy, super nice guy, uh, super thin guy. He was a tall, very skinny guy. I was like, oh, why do you eat low carb? He's like, well, I have type two diabetes. I'm like, okay. So then we go out to breakfast and he gets sausage and eggs and 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 all that but then he had a biscuit and i was like what's what's the biscuit for he said well i have type 2 diabetes but i don't want to lose weight eating low carb so i have a few bites of the biscuit now in his mind he thought okay that would mitigate weight uh loss i argue he wouldn't have not lost weight his body was already in a nice homeostasis of where it needed to be well he ended up dying of a heart attack two years later super thin looked healthy, owned a health food store, and drops dead of a heart attack in his late 40s. And it's a lesson that I would rather be bigger. And guys, I'm not saying right. I'm not saying you shouldn't work on it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do all the things. But if things aren't moving, be grateful that that fat is holding back the toxins, that fat is diminishing the inflammation in your body, because that's what it's doing. It's not there to be grotesque. It's there to save your life. And this is really, I mean, I hope people realize how literally true this is because I had um, uh, someone on episode 90, Dr. Courtney Hunt, and she was talking to me about I love Courtney. Oh, cool. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Because uh, I was talking about her with this. I'm like, and I know this, I don't want to insult anyone. I've had the exact opposite problem where like I struggled to gain weight. And I, I do mean that quite literally yeah. because yeah, no, as a 17 year old male that weighs 145 pounds at six foot. Now that's not too visually appealing either, right? Like women aren't lining up to, I mean, your bones, you know, it, it's a different type of messed up. And that's the thing though. She, Courtney Hunt explained to me, well, you're 
genetics don't necessarily allow for that, but you still have to get rid of the waste in this toxic world. And for you, Evan, it yes. comes out as your skin. It could come as mental health issues, like a neuroinflammation and stuff. She's like, that has to get stored somewhere. She's like, so the people yes. that can gain this weight it, to some degree um, have an advantage in our modern world. And it's like, I mean, I'm curious what your theory is on this because you've studied so much. Is that the impression that you're under that you, your family lineage might actually have a genetic advantage, but the problem is our world's so gosh darn toxic that it's like, I mean, I know I have small amounts of metals in my body. If I was someone who gained weight easily, my body would be storing those in the fat. It would try to protect me. Instead, it comes out of skin stuff. So like, what is, what's your theory? Because you're doing more work than half the people. Like, do you have a working theory right now as to why some weight would still be troublesome for you? Yeah, I mean, look, your body is a very sophisticated mechanism. And I've talked to many doctors on my own podcast, uh, the Living La Vida Low Carb Show, over the years, 1,800 plus episodes, I've talked to everybody. And a lot of times, the weight is there because it doesn't want to let go of those toxins. And this is where I think working with like a functional medicine doctor to help you re uh, release those uh, fat stores, you've got to be very deliberate about getting like chelators for some of the heavy metals you were talking about, getting some um, like uh, activated charcoal to be binding because you're going to be releasing a lot of things. This is sometimes people go on a diet, any diet, pick a diet, carnivore, keto, plant-based, whatever. Um, and then they first start and they feel crappy when they first start losing weight. And they're like, holy crap, this diet is just horrible. And I'm like, it's not the diet. It's the effects that the diet is doing, releasing the fat stores. But it's what was in those fat stores that has to go in your bloodstream to then get excreted out of your body. So working with somebody, learning about what binders are, learning about what chelation therapy is, um, is critical. And so your body knows this. Your body is not very quick to do something that's going to damage itself. So if you've got stubborn weight, just remember your body's going, dude, are you sure we're not, uh, we're trying to say no. You know, you got to, you got to imagine there's this fight within your body. Okay. Yes. We want to let go of that because it's not natural for the body to have that, especially around the vital organs. But at the same time, they're like, hey, we know what's in there, trapped inside of there. And if you let that go, it goes through your bloodstream and you're going to feel like, uh, uh. So there's kind of this yin-yang when it comes to the body wanting to release. That's why it's so hard because some people have a lot of stuff. And I know Jimmy does. I know all those years of eating like fast food and junk food, uh, Coca-Cola. I mean, it just... I can't imagine all the everything that's in my fat source. And sure, one more sure. thing, Evan. Once you've lost weight, that's not the end of it. There's studies that show your fat cells remember, they don't have a brain, but they remember what it was like when you were bigger. And so your fat cells are constantly trying to get back to that homeostasis of what was comfortable. So if you lose a lot of weight and then you start to slowly kind of tick back up again, that's your body trying to push you back to where it felt comfortable before. And this is where the whole set point theory of you need to move it down and everything. And this is where biohacking can come into play so that once you do lose the weight and you do kind of have it off, you can keep it off and move that set point down to a more, a more healthy range. Amazing. And, um, it was actually Dr. Courtney Hunt that I, I learned this from on Instagram or whatever. She was talking about, I, I never knew this, that we don't actually really like, we're not growing a bunch of new fat cells. It can happen at, you know, higher ends of weight. But like for most people like myself, that's not really literally happening. It's more that my fat cells are expanding um, with the toxins if they're there. Yep. And that's what I was so confused about because when I first started trying to get in a true state of metabolic ketosis, like actually being able to measure this in blood, I would break out like crazy. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, why is this happening? And then I would eat some carbs again. I'm like, oh, this must not be correct because when I eat the carbs, I stop breaking out. What was happening is I'm literally detoxing. You know, it's pushing out the stuff. And then yeah. I realized if I got over this initial yes. hump, and I, I have to cycle this. You know, this is not, like Jimmy was saying, this isn't like, all right, we lose weight once or we get clear skin once and now we're good. Unfortunately, guys, the reality that we're in and we're, we do the best that we can is we're in an incredibly toxic world where just living. I go outside today and I am inhaling some type of metal from the atmosphere. That's not to promote paranoia. It's just to acknowledge that this is real and, and we're constantly back and forth with these things. So it's kind of funny because if I stay in a little cycle, of, like more of like cyclic uh, ketosis, 
then I don't really get the detox effects. But if I screw around a little bit and, you know, it's the holidays and I'm, like, making constant excuses, the next time I get back into ketosis, uh, my skin will break out every single time. And then I kind of get to this great point where it's like I wake up one morning and all of a sudden it just looks really, really solid. So it's a constant ebb and flow and that's perfectly okay. But we need to acknowledge that for sure. By the way, if you are in ketosis and you do it for a little while and then you have the holiday excursion into carbhood, <laughs> um, don't be surprised if you develop kidney stones. Um, I remember I used to co-host a podcast called Keto Talk with Dr. Adam Nally, and he, he's a practitioner out of Arizona, and he sees it all the time. He's like, I can always tell post-holiday they come in with pain. And it's, it's kidney stone. I always ask them, did you cheat at the holiday? Oh, no, doc. No, no. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. I had a few cookies and sweet potato pie and they admit it. And he's like, that's why. Um, and, and it's just, it's funny because you, you do the things to live life and look, we're not saying don't live life, but live it appropriate to your bio individuality. This is what's lost. We see each other all as lemmings of the same mold. And as we have articulated here today, you have acne issues and underweight kind of issues. I have uh, obesity uh, and other kind of quality of life types of issues. Same human being, but different expression of the same kind of input. Um, And so I feel like we need to stop looking at all the outside noise. If you listen to people like Dr. Courtney Hunt, you listen to Evan, you listen to me, and you hear things, that doesn't mean you should just replicate exactly what they're doing. I don't want people to do 32 degree temperature ice baths for five minutes a day for every single day. I I don't. That's what I'm doing. But I'm showing you I'm capable of it. It's something you might want to try. The whole N equals one thing. Try things and look, if they don't work, move on. But if they work, now you have a powerful tool in your toolbox to help you get Wonderful. better. All right. I want to, just because I knew that we would talk so fast today, this might just be a two-part. Well, we might end up having to record at a different time, so I'll send you the link if that's the case. I don't know how this wouldn't end up being that, if that's cool with you. Um, but for today, I want to make sure that we're utilizing this knowledge that you've acquired over the years, and we've alluded to many different things. What are some of the most solid things, Jimmy, that have gotten the needle moving for you? Because I don't... I'm assuming that you understand this comes from a place of love. I mean, like you don't, you certainly don't look 410 pounds. I mean, you've obviously made progress. I get that you said the belly thing, whatever, but it's not like nothing's worked, you know? So what are some of the things that even for Jimmy Moore have been really successful and you do think are worth looking into for people? Let me define worked because this is where a lot of people get hung up. People hear that diet worked. What do they mean, Evan? They mean you lost weight. I want to redefine worked. Worked can mean lowered inflammation. Worked could mean lowered insulin. Worked could mean normalized blood sugar. Worked could mean normalized uh, the relevant blood cholesterol numbers. That's worked. Yes, weight loss can be a part of worked, but I feel like when people say, well, that diet didn't work, what they meant, it didn't produce weight loss, doesn't mean it didn't produce any benefits. So with that caveat, what has worked? I mean, dude, so many things. I mean, I started out in the Atkins diet. Then I shifted into better quality food when the paleo world came around. So I became kind of low-carb paleo. Then I shifted into dibble-dabbling, again, in in equals one, uh, into nutritional ketosis, testing, and all the things. And then that parlayed into, over time, I just naturally went to more animal foods. I just didn't want... The vegetables nearly as much and so now i've been carnivore for the past four years so nutritionally speaking that has produced so many great effects that then when i come add in that as the foundation add in all these biohacking things like fasting red light therapy ice baths um infrared sauna vibration plate walking um grounding in the sunshine Um, deep breathing and meditation exercise. Those are the things that I've been doing. And all of those things, by extension of what they do, didn't just directly impact my health. They impact factors in my health. So like what? Stress, sleep. Like my sleep, I have been working on my sleep for about eight years now. And I've got it down pretty darn well. And I don't even sleep long, but I sleep quality. So last night, uh, the Oura Ring registered. I got about... 
six and a half hours of sleep, which is about typical for me. Uh, about six, six and a half hours is what I typically get on a good day, seven, seven and a half. But six, six and a half is the typical. And I probably had just over two hours of deep sleep and almost two hours of REM sleep. Like that's that's pretty typical. And for me, that translates as I feel good. I'm able to get through the day with lots of energy. I'm not tired. I'm not lethargic. I'm able to have a clear brain. I'm able to basically do my work. And then at the appropriate time in the afternoon, I start to get sleepy. The sun exposure helps with that. And and then I'm able to sleep well again the next night and the next night and the next night. And all these things like the ice bath, I do two and a half hours before my bedtime by design, lowering that core body temperature. So what does that do? That puts my health, overall health, in a better state. Now, by extension of that, that should help with fat loss as well. So doing things that puts your body in a place where you feel good in your own skin, even if you still have weight on the body, if you feel good, if you uh, have great brain function, if you're able to have lots of energy, don't discount those things. I feel like we always look at the scale and, well, if it's if it's up today, oh, I've been a bad person and it's down today, okay, great. Um, and, and we just mentally psych ourselves out of the success we're seeing because we're not seeing it. We're going, nope, don't want to see all those things Jimmy just talked about. Oh my God, look at that scale weight and it just freaks people out. We got to get past that. We're in 2022 now. We know so much better. Wow. Yeah, and it, it, that's that's what stinks because for the weight thing, there's a visual in the mirror, and then there's the visual on the scale. It's like I can't even imagine adding because I can see the skin stuff visually. Of course, it's like, could you imagine how ridiculous it'd be if like I had a tracker that every morning it says, "Oh, well, this morning you had a hundred pimples, and this morning you had 99." It's just like that. It just that'd be clinical, right? It would like literally drive you crazy. Um, yeah. And we do the same thing with the weight. And so I appreciate you also redefining worked because that's, that's accurate because you've gotten yeah. all these other benefits. I just, um, I guess I was, I should have been more specific because clearly I think you and I are both in agreement, even if we love ourselves for who we are, if I could choose to feel exactly as I do now with never having a breakout, or you could choose to feel however you feel right now without um, any weight issues, I'm sure we would choose those options. So that's, that's sure. what I'm just curious about. It's like, um, like even the stuff you're doing right now, that's some serious crap with the ice bath, man. Is that moving the scale? Yeah. Like, can I ask, is that honestly, wow. No. Wow. Um, not to, not to the degree that I was hoping for. And then here, sure. let me back up even more. I'm currently doing ice baths in the fall. I started September the 1st and I did a hundred days in a row. Uh, hold on to your hats on this one. hundred days in a row. I did cold therapy infrared sauna, um, red light therapy, meditation, um, vibration plate, sunshine exposure, grounding, and then a carnivore on the odd days and fasted completely with water and salt only on the, on the even days. That was my schedule for a hundred days in a row. And would you believe I only lost four pounds? Okay. Four pounds. So, Tell me I'm not working hard at this. Tell me I'm cheating with donuts. Tell me all these things, and I'm going to like give you a little middle finger salute. if Because you... <laughs> I feel like there's such judgmentalness in the community when someone is clearly, I want to say this very loud and clear. If someone is clearly working on themselves, you stay out of their way and you be nothing but an encourager. All I see in the online community, and guys, come to my community if you need some encouragement. I got lots of it for you. But I feel like the online health, health community is the most judgmental in the entire world. And, and it's a shame. And when you see someone, uh, like I, I see sometimes bigger people working out at the gym. And you'll see comments down there, oh my gosh, what's a fat slob doing in the gym? I'm like, she's in the gym! You should be like cheering her on and you go, girlfriend, lift heavier, go harder. We're here for you. Go. No, we get snide comments about, well, what's she doing here? You want people to change, but you don't want to watch them change. You don't want to see them work hard, probably work harder than you or you're genetically gifted. And yet when they do that, you mock them anyway. From a mental standpoint of somebody in that position, Evan, that shit works on you and wears you down. And it's, I'm mentally tough, 
but I can even admit that sometimes is a little hard to handle. Yeah, I, I bet, man. Um, it sounds hard to handle. You know, I worked um, at a health food store at one time, and it was when my skin was still like pretty bad. You know, and it's just even it wasn't everyone. It's not everyone, but it only takes a few. Um, and especially if yeah, you're publicly online. Yeah. I mean, my God, now you're separating the the barrier that they have. No, it's really inappropriate to be at the health food store and say, "Hey, Pizza Face, what are you doing working here? Are you eating these foods? Are you screwing around?" Yeah. That's really socially inappropriate. Um, you would think it would be socially inappropriate to do this online, but it's just like people they can just show their darkest selves. There's no consequences. They can have a fake account. There's no consequences to doing this. And it's just like, I don't even get how people are in such a state to do that. And maybe I'm biased because I've been quote unquote, lucky enough to experience it myself. So like, I get what you're talking about in concept, right? We can completely relate to each other, even if it's different conditions. Maybe it's just that much hard for them to understand. But like, my God, I cannot imagine health issues or no health issues in Evan Transu's life. Myself looking at someone who is just for an easy example, like you said, overweight in the gym, and I'm going to sit there and talk crap. I shouldn't have the right to talk crap on them anyway. It's their life. You know, it's like, that's right. not, that's not my place. Um, I'm not preaching religion. I'm not even a religious person, but like, isn't it in the Bible yeah. that it says thou shall not judge or whatever? Like who the hell are you to be judging someone else? Um, I just don't get that at all. I, yeah. Judge, judge not let you be <laughs> yeah, There you go. Thank you. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I have come up with a rule and this is going to help so many people, Evan. So before you're allowed to criticize me for something, First of all, you need to know who I am and I need to know who you are. You need to prove that you care about me and that you want to help benefit me in my life and vice versa. In other words, build that relationship. I have about eight people in my life that are solid, like die for friends. Any of those eight people, Evan, tell me something at, at face value, I'm going to immediately go, okay, let's have the discussion. If you're some rando on the internet that isn't even brave enough to put a picture on your profile with your three whole followers on Instagram, I'm sorry. I just, I can't take you seriously until I know more about who you are. I, I had somebody this week, he was a young kid. I'll forgive him because it's your youth. And I, but he was like, well, it's obvious you need lots of help and I can help you. And he's kind of like snarky about it. I said, okay. Um, hi, my name's Jimmy Moore. Nice to meet you. Uh, do you want to get to know me or are you just going to make a lot of assumptions about me? And so he, after a little bit of tit for tat back and forth, he finally went, oh my gosh, you're so right. I just came at you and I, uh, and so I feel like if you just can talk to people human to human, and that's what's lost in the virtual world. I love that we can see each other on camera and I've met you in person. You're, he's a real human guys. I've actually met him. Uh, and, and you can have these conversations with people and build relationships. That's what it's about. Until you show how much you care, nobody cares how much you know until you, until they know how much you care. And I, I feel like, and I, that's an old expression, but it's real. It's it's the way things are. And the sooner we stop being so judgmental and start walking alongside people, like I do that all the time. I, I will randomly, if somebody's like really frustrated and they write me a DM on Instagram or Facebook, I will just give my phone number and say, hey, let's chat. And it makes their day. And they're just like so encouraged. And they couldn't believe somebody actually saw them and wanted to help and not judge them. It's what drives me. It's why I'm still out here two decades well, you, later. You literally just took the answer to the next question out of my mouth because I was like, you know what, man? It's Well, and it's tough because it's not like you're not making progress. It like, might have been slow, but it's like you're obviously getting better in every way, like all the time. Uh, but I was going to ask, yeah, like what the heck encourages someone to keep going for so long? Because that that's tough, man. Many people would probably just throw in the towel and say, hey, I'm not going to do this. But you're still yeah. out here experimenting, still out here doing challenges, self-imposed challenges, right? Yeah. No one's, you're not getting any award for doing the ice baths. It's like, that's, that's tough, man, mentally and physically. And you know, you're still out here doing the damn thing. So that in inspires you mainly is like what, like communicating with these other people. And I'm sure you've met so many people in your travels doing this. I have such an empathetic heart. I've been through a lot of really tough things in my life. Um, I had a brutal divorce three years ago. I had childhood trauma where I was beaten physically and mentally. Um, and you go through things like that and you 
come out the other side, yeah, a little battered, a little bruised, you go, you know what? I'm just glad I'm alive. I'm glad I'm still here. I'm glad I can be making a difference in the world. And like literally I wake up every day going, how can I change the world today? How can I impact the world? Even just a small little bit, even if it's just a few people, what can I do to make a dent in this world to make the world better? And I don't feel like everybody has that goal when they're online. A lot of people want to make themselves better, make themselves more famous, more rich, more whatever. None of those things matter to me. I just want to help people. And if I can help people with my struggle, um, then by golly, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's like one of the... I think, I mean, I guess that's like fundamentally how a lot of us, at least at FDN, you know, for, for sure in this, it's just, I mean, yeah, you got to make money doing what you're doing. That's fine. I mean, we got to live, but at the same time, it's just, that's not the driving force. Um, and I laugh because I'm always very transparent about this. I think my personality would have been one that if I never had health issues, I would have went like right into real estate, wall street, like something like that, just because I would have chased yeah. that. And it's actually enriched my life to have had these issues because yeah, yeah there's, there's a purpose yes. that's beyond just chasing the damn dollar higher and higher and it never ends yeah. it never ends um and today you might help one person and it feels just as good as if you're talking to a group and you help a hundred it really it's not a quantity thing it's just wow i i interact with another human being i see how their life was impacted and yeah man that's what sucks because the, i know this for sure the amount of people that must be talking crap and doing all this stuff is 10%, if not 1% of the amount of people you've positively impacted. Um, and that's just my experience with how many negative people out there versus positive. So, I mean, it's un probably not even countable at this point, how many people you've positively impacted. Thank you. Yes. And I know that on a conscious level, but can, can I challenge those people who get something out of Evan's show, my show, or any influencer? Can I tell you, do you ever write to them? Do you ever let them know the impact that you've had on their life? And I'm not saying I don't get any. I get I get good ones. And when I do, it like wipes out 10 of the negative ones when that happens. But I think we all could do better and reach out to those influencers that have made a difference in your life. If, if Evan's story of being brave enough to talk about his acne and, and getting on camera and talking about some of this stuff encourages you, you need to let him know uh, and and reach out to them because they're all getting negative, whether you know it or not. Even the most, quote, perfect looking influencer, I guarantee you they're getting negative comments about something. Always going to have something out there. So I think that's a dereliction of the duty of the people uh that say, oh, well, there's more uh, people that love you than hate you. Well, then let them hear it because... You just don't know what that means. For me, it's like a cool glass of water on a hot summer day when I get something positive after getting berated by tons of negative. Wow. Um, so do that. I want to challenge your audience. Be better yeah, about that. That's, I, I won't go too much into this. I just had this example recently, though, because I wear, you know, and I know that you're just in the same boat. Like I block blue light at night and stuff. And so I had my blue light blocking glasses at a presentation that was at night. It was it was dark. Um, but it was for a mental health presentation and I, I do some speaking independently and then I do some stuff for a nonprofit, but you get paid a set fee. So you're representing them. And I went to that thing and I wore these glasses. Now they were, I, I love these people. So if God forbid they were listening, I don't want to, it's not a bad thing, but you know, I got a call basically saying like, Hey, um, you great presentation and all, but what's up with the glasses? You, you know, like they were trying to figure out, like some people were saying it's distracting and all this stuff. And you know, I can deal with that. It's not like that's the worst comment in the world, but it's just like, all right, damn. But then at the same time, they're really hesitant because they have so many speakers that they're working with to like send all, and we do a lot of presentations to send all the feedback. So I said recently, I'm like, hey, do you guys understand like from an independent contractor perspective, how that feels when I see this, but I don't see the testimonials. So then they sent some from recently. They're like, yeah, no, we do get that. And they're very understanding of it. And then some of the testimonials, though, they were amazing. I'm like, don't you think I'd want to know that? But like, that's all when we're doing stuff out here, Jimmy, it's like, that's all you ever asking for in a sense, right? It's just to know that we are actually helping. I'm like, you just gave me the fuel for the next year of speaking by sending me five stupid yeah. testimonials and knowing that that's what someone got from that presentation. That's all I needed. Thank you very much. I don't need your money. Um, I'm good with just that. So yeah, that goes a long way when you're putting yourself out there and it's exhausting. You're sharing your story. When I go do those mental health things, man, I'm sharing the worst 
parts of my life in front of 300 kids. You know, some of them don't care. It's like you said, you're giving some grace to that younger guy. Because, yeah, when we're younger, we just don't think. I mean, we'll say some terrible things and just have no empathy for what we're saying to the other person. So, yeah, I think that's a really good lesson. Maybe that could be a goal for the podcast. Everyone go do that to one person that's helped them out. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, when you're done listening and watching, go do it. I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to make their day. And you might get a free book out of it. I have sent many people free books that have sent me things like that because I'm like, you have no idea how impactful that was to me. And 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 then you have a fan for life. Well, Jimmy, I definitely smell a, a part two. We're at 48 minutes, my friend. So I got two more things for you really quick. One is just an obvious one. Where can people find you? Because I know that you do a lot of things. Yeah, I have a URL. It's probably backwards on your screen. LLVLC.com is my website. Uh, it has all of my podcasts. Uh, I do four podcasts a week. I write tons of books and all that's on there as well. You can get the copies of the books there. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, that's where you can find me at living low carb man, L I V I N L O W C A R B M A N all over Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you, uh, wherever you do your social media. Sure, and then, yeah, just so that's easier to remember for people on audio only, that's like, it's L-L-V-L-C, like livinlavidalowcarb.com. So, yeah, just so, yeah, it's it's coming up good on my screen. So for those on video, it should be perfect. Now to finish up, and this is a great question for you, for someone who studied so much. And I know that we understand bio-individuality. I always put that disclaimer on. So it's just answering this to the best of your ability. But the question for today to finish up is the signature question. And it's if in this case I could give Jimmy Moore a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's do one thing or stop doing one thing, what is the one thing that Jimmy Moore would get him to do? Stop eating not food. I feel like... So many people go to grocery stores and buy things that they think are food. And I refer to a lot of the things you get in a grocery store as food-like disease agents. If it's got wheat and grains and sugar and the really bad ones, seed oils, those things are not doing your body good. They're high, they're raising inflammation, raising sugar, and, and uh, they're raising bad cholesterol, like triglycerides, they're doing just dastardly things to your health, even the so-called healthy foods. And so if you could just eliminate those foods and replace them with real whole foods that you buy from ostensibly a farmer's market, a local farmer, uh, some online farm store, something that will give you better quality of food, a lot of the health issues that you see with your clients all the time, Evan, they go away. They wouldn't exist. And It may not help with the weight, but it will definitely help with their health. Well, how can you not like a guy like that, man? I mean, what an absolutely awesome episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. And we're excited to have Jimmy back on in the future. I think we need more people like this. People who are not afraid to share the journey that they're going through as they transform their health. And I'm preaching to the choir because for myself... I don't think I did that so well with the health journey. There was a lot of things I didn't share or I hid for years because I was all in this mindset that I need to be perfect first before I talk about this stuff. It's so silly and quite frankly, for many, it's actually quite unrelatable. So it's not a good thing to be doing from a marketing perspective, if nothing else, (laughs) rather than just a personal human one. I think we would be better off with a lot more people like Jimmy out there doing what he's doing with the health stuff, but that's just my opinion. Hey, Jimmy, thank you for coming on here and giving us your time. It is so cool to know that after 1,700 interviews, that when Jimmy answers the question of what is the one thing he'd get people to do for their health, he still chooses food. He still chooses food. I think that says a lot. Don't ever underplay that. Don't get caught up in all the biohacks or all the fancy supplements that are out there. These are all wonderful tools that most of us can and should use if we have the ability to in today's world. Fantastic. But all of those interviews, all of the things tried, all of those people talked to, and that's still the first thing that comes out of Jimmy's mouth when we talk about what is the number one thing he would get people to do for their health. I think that's saying something. So please go give this guy a follow. And if you're impacted by a story like this, if you feel like he helped, yes, give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. But even more importantly today, leave a positive comment for Jimmy. I mean, seriously, if that guy's getting hate for the things that he's putting out when he comes from such a place of positivity and love, 
I think he deserves that. So please go share something positive with him or leave a great comment on one of his things on Instagram if you found that this kind of episode and this kind of humility has helped you in the same way that it's helped me. That is all for today. I am looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. And when we get back from the Easter break, if you celebrate Easter, we are going to be talking about food sensitivity testing and why Because I would assume at least a good portion of our audience celebrates Easter. There's all types of backgrounds that listen to our podcast, which is really fun. But I know, statistically speaking, a good percentage probably do celebrate that. And you guys do not want to hear about the foods that you're sensitive to or what effect they're having on the body before you celebrate a holiday. (laughs) So that's why I saved it for afterwards. Also, before you go, don't forget, if you want to be able to do this as work for yourself, actually get to help people with their health and make an impact in their lives, then you want to go to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, click on the book a call button. It's right at the top of the page. And you can actually talk to one of our course advisors completely for free. They'll answer any questions that you have and we'll get you situated and we'll figure out whether or not this is the right program for you. And the good news about how we do things at FDN is we know that the program is not for everyone. So if we know that you need a specific thing and maybe our program isn't the best for you, we will show you where to go because we're in the industry and we know everything out there pretty much. So head on over to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, check out the website, click the book a call button, and we will talk to you there. I hope everyone has a great weekend and we will be back first thing next week. Take care.